At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Holly! The preacher's doctor! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. We're just beginning now. You can see the light. This is very poetic. The light is shining on me now because the shades lifted. We have the great Holly Holm appearing today. 41 years old, just signed, I believe, a six-fight deal, which is just its a staggering show of faith by the UFC. I'm happy for her. Um, it says so much about how, how great she is and has been. And uh, also, Chase Demore is a reality show. I forget the name of the show. He's a reality show star. He's very, very well known. Um, and uh, I know, I, let me see here, the name, of, oh, Too Hot to Handle is the show he was on. It's, I would hate to be on that show and have to compete with a guy like him, a handsome guy with abs, than me blinking with a weak chin. I'm in a good mood today, Matt. You know why? Why? You're you're like a chatty baddie. I didn't even say hello yet. Hi. Today on the Jim and oh, Sam God. show in the morning, we had uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I thought of you. We interviewed the great Neil deGrasse Tyson again, and I got to interview Reggie Jackson. Now, you, you even though you're not a baseball fan, you know who Reggie Jackson is. Yeah, dude. Are you serious? The Register? I don't know his nickname. <laughs> oh, but I heard of Reggie Jackson. Yeah, the Even baseball the old, player. The old Coke commercials, right? I don't know if he did Coke commercials. Pepsi commercials. But either way, Reggie Jackson. Baseball player. Baseball legend of the Yankees. Yes. Mr. October. Yeah, he even signed my – I have a picture with him from years ago. He even signed it, Mr. October. What a great, great – Yeah, you get to, that's one thing about our job, Matt, that's fun – you get to interview people that you genuinely like, and then you get to interview people that you've loved your whole life. And that was one of those where Reggie was t- 45 minutes late for the interview because he was doing Stern. And I'm like, we'll stay. I don't give a fuck. Whenever he wow. gets here, we ain't going nowhere. Reggie Jackson, I, I would wait for. What a fun job. You get to talk to people you genuinely love. Reggie has a documentary. I'm going to plug it on Amazon for any baseball fans. Talks a lot about race, a lot about what he went through. It's really, really great. Um, and it's just called Reggie on Amazon Friday. He didn't ask me to plug that here. I'm just doing it because I love him. Anyway, I'm done yapping. I never heard you talk so fondly about anybody besides maybe Ozzy Osbourne. So that's very interesting, Jimmy. I didn't. You're not even a, a big sports guy. As a kid, I was, though. I mean, there's, there's certain guys I have that reverence for. He's one of them. Um, Emmett Smith, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson. There's a few guys I have, like, that real, like, I would do, I would go anywhere to interview them and whatever they wanted, however late they were, I'd just sit there and shut my fucking mouth and wait. I've been more than willing to say no to interviews before, but guys like that, you just always, 
regard whatever it takes you do um Listen, man I, li- I like hearing you enthusiastic and i like i like that reggie got you in a really good mood and he was you know again he's 76 years old he was very mellow and very thoughtful in his answers and i didn't know if he liked us and at the end he's like yeah next time we should do a longer interview like i think he had a good time so it was uh just great to it's, it's the perk of a job where you get to talk to people who you've loved your whole life like you know you don't get that in very many jobs where they have to answer your questions and you have to they have to engage with you it's nice man now you're making me just want to get more people that i like on this show i answer some people on the show and i don't even i don't think i people listen to me who would you love to interview who would you as matt sarah whether it's an athlete or whatever who would you like say this is a person i've looked up to my whole life and i've has has been a part of my psyche my whole life i don't think you know who i really want on but we're not going to get him norm mcdonald that ship is bad <sighs> Honestly, it's, I would say I it's like not Norman looking Donald. good. He's dead. He died. He is. He was one of my favorites, though. Love Norman hey, Donald. Yeah, are you friends know. with Nick Swartzen? Let's get more comics on. I know Nick for many, many years. I love I, Nick Swartzen, and I would, I'm would i sure he would come on. He's a, he's a I, good friend. He's a good dude. I, I hung out with Nick before. Me yeah, Nick he's a great guy. And I like him a lot. And Grandma's Boy might be yeah. quite possibly one of the most underrated movies. That's a movie that I believe even you will chuckle at. It's a fun stoner movie. Um, me and my wife were the only ones. We saw it on a date night when we were dating. And it was in and out of the theater so fucking fast that you wouldn't even believe. It was from a Happy Madison production. I know. Ever since then, I'm a Nick Swartzen fan. And then when I met him and hung out with him, I like him even more. You know, Nick, Nick Schwartz and that grandma's boy, he used to do a bit many over 20 years ago. It was, it, and it was a bit that I loved because he would talk about just picking up a gallon of milk and how his grandmother just thought he was so strong. Nicholas. And she would just praise how tough he was. And I think that bit kind of came from that. The movie, kind I believe, came from that bit. But that was my favorite Nick Swartz and bit. Um, I just thought that was so funny the way he did his grandmother in that in that joke. It's weird the shit you remember. But yeah, I'm sure we can work on Nick Swartz and I, he's a great dude. Did you see a hand come in behind the screen like the thing? Look, look, I got a new cup of coffee. No, but there is one coming in on mine too. I have somebody, I sent the girlfriend, I did this. I clap my hands and she knows that means go down to Starbucks. And if I do this and I do the third clap, that means I want a medium black cold brew with a straw. Whatever happened to the clapper? The, the, the clapper. I, uh, I don't that? know. Um, you know, know kids know what we're talking about. There used to be a thing you'd set up on, on your clap your, on, clap off the clapper, and you'd walk in your house and go, and the lights yep. would come on. I did you ever have that? No, it was meant for old people, and so many comedians you, you told made me fun you of it many times. Oh, I, I, I lied. I was the clap. That yeah, was <laughs> no, no, I saw her sitting on the crapper. <laughs> Face, like I t- something it was not it was not a good one let's bring in the great holly home she's here <laughs> sorry holly had to hear that shit joke if she's in the other room <laughs> in the waiting room i hope she didn't hear that it's embarrassing have oh, such wait, a, what is she fighting where the hell is she fighting she is uh fighting uh yana santos formerly yana kunitskaya she's the co-main event for uh san hagen marlon vera which is a great fucking fight this, every weekend this, there's good fights is that this fucking weekend it's this saturday holy sugar let me look at these fights. Hi, Hi Holly. Holly. How's Holly, it going? How are you? I'm good. How you doing? 
It's been a minute, yeah. like the kids say. We have, how, you know, we haven't had you on forever, man. Good to I see know. you. Time. Your fight's in San Antonio. Matt was just asking where the fight was and being lazy and stupid. I didn't realize. I thought it might be Vegas, but it's in San Antonio. You, you and uh, 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 kind of are the uh, uh, co-main event. Jesus Christ, I'm completely right. falling apart. Yeah, <laughs> um, Yana yeah, Santos. I keep thinking of uh, Kuniskaya. So how have you been? I'm good. Just five week, taking day by day, getting ready for Saturday. You only fought once last year, correct? Mm -hmm. Was that by choice or were you hurt or did you just want to take a break? I definitely, I definitely had some injuries I was taking care of. So I'm feeling good now and I didn't want to get in there too soon without being ready. So congratulations, by the way, on a, a six fight contract. Are you amazed at like 41 is no longer sounds like it's beyond the ability to fight at all in UFC because there's been so many great fighters that go, again, Teixeira, DC, so many great fighters going into their 40s. So you know you have a, a decent amount of time left to fight. Yeah, I actually, um, I mean, recovery is a little more. Sometimes injuries take a little longer, things like that. But really at 41, um, I think that a lot of people just show if you take care of your body that you can still go at 41. Do you do that ice bath? Are you jumping in on that whole cold plunge thing? I just started doing it a little bit. I used to not be able to do it. As I've learned that as long as it's like the set temperature at like 45 or 50, then I can do it. But when it's just, I don't know if it's the ice actually touching me, like actual old school ice baths. I don't know why, but I can't do them. You know, what if, they, I mean, listen. You know everybody. It's the science and the health. Everything always flip flops. Jimmy, why are you? We have oh, no, no, I'm, I'm so I'm looking for a cord behind my mouth. That's disturbing. I'll, I'm sorry. Get sorry. I'm oh, looking for a cord. Sorry, Holly. Sorry, I'm dressed. <laughs> my, my, my point is this: they're always flaws. Something's good for you. It's bad for you. What if all these mother? Excuse me. What if all these people are jumping and get freezing every morning, and they find out in a year from now that this shit actually takes away from your life? It feels like you're dying. So I don't know. I don't like when I have to wait for my fuck my my shower to get warm, Holly. Oh, me too. I don't like that either. But I'll tell you what. I don't. I'm not one of those that like overly does it. I just started. I can yeah. finally do baths, and I just do five minutes. I've done ten minutes a couple of times, but I usually just do five minutes. And the most I really feel like immediately or as I'm training, I do feel like just maybe inflammation in my knees and stuff like that from being on a train. It kind of helps with that. Dana, you know, Dana does it now. Cause I was just doing you looking for a fight and Dana, I'm asking, well, he looks good. You know, ever since yeah. he had that fucking, he looks great. Lost ever since he had that shitty fortune cookie that said he's going to die in 10 years. That fucking, <laughs> ever since he had that fucking uh, final destination, Dana, ever since he got that, he's on like a health kick. The dude's yeah. like you know, not drinking. He's, doing this thing called 10x which i don't know what the hell that is still and then he's uh and he's doing those cold plunges and he's telling me that what kills us eventually is the inflammation of our body and that's what it does it, it takes away the inflammation so maybe there's something to it well does yeah. it i i did i did uh cryotherapy i just did three times and it, it, it makes your leg feel like it's being squeezed like it really hurts your bones after a couple of minutes how long do you feel like, hey, this helps me? Like if you're training and you said it knocks down inflammation, is it just because it was cold so it's for a couple of hours or will you feel it into the next day like, hey, there's an improvement here? 
you know, I think that if I show up to training with less inflammation, <laughs> that I, I mean, through the week, so you get some inflammation on a certain day and then like you show up the next day and you're still kind of feeling it in your joints. And then it kind of keeps like getting more and more and more throughout the week. You know, by the end of the week, your body's already hurting anyway. I don't even care how old you are. If you're 20 and you're training hard every day, all week, your body's still going to be sore on, on the weekend. So, um, I feel like it just helps um maybe just in between in between trainings to kind of help you kind of just give that extra boost and take a little inflammation out to kind of keep going I don't I'm not one of those that's like this is a miracle thing but I do feel like it helps a little bit but um like I said I'll do anything that helps even a little bit even like Epsom salt baths a lot of people say do those really help you I'm like, I do kind of feel better after I get out of them even if it's one percent I'll take it I'll do anything to help you know feel good to train hard what do they do the Epsom salts Oh, I just do Epsom salt bath at home. I mean, what, what, I mean, what do they do for you that, that helps you? Oh, there's like uh, minerals and things in it. It's supposed to help with also kind of help with inflammation in the body and things like that. But there's a lot of minerals, they say. I mean, if you really look up like the benefits of Epsom salt, there's actually quite a bit. Some say it can even like help balance some of your minerals for like your mood and things like that. I don't really know all the scientific stuff, but there's things that show that it's helpful. And like I said, it's not a miracle worker, but I do feel a little better after I Epsom salt bath. Now, Holly, fight week, you know, you got to do stuff to, to keep your mind either off the fight or just get through your weight cut and all this and all that. What do you do? Are you, are you reading books? Are you, are you watching any new series? Are you streaming anything? Talk to us. I kind of just watch random stuff. I mean, um, it kind of just depends. Sometimes I just play Candy Crush on my phone if I'm just sitting in my room. Or I like the Candy Crush. I, I know. It's, I don't know. That game's kind of stuck around with me. So I'll still play that sometimes if I'm just trying to kind of keep my mind busy. But um, like when I was in Abu Dhabi, I had so much time out there because we were in lockdown. Yeah. I started watching like an older series, but I started watching Prison Break and I kind of got stuck on that. Um, it's a series. Yeah, I heard. I remember that back in the day. Yeah. I watched that just two years ago. I had never heard of it. And I kind of got stuck on that. So I was watching that. Um I don't know. It kind of just depends. Sometimes I'll watch a movie, whether it be, I don't really like to watch any, like, I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter. What, sometimes I'm in a different mood. It's like, I just want to watch some reruns of Friends or maybe I'm going to watch like The Gladiator. I don't know. It all depends. Yeah. Comedies. Do you like comedies? Jimmy, he's a comedian, but he, he, he dislikes comedies. I don't dislike oh. them. I just, I just, I typically don't laugh at them, but a great comedy I love as much as I, but I don't watch a lot of them. Okay, well, what's your favorite comedy then? Yeah, uh, a couple of them. Uh, Something About Mary I thought was a masterpiece. Airplane is hilarious. A movie from the late like, 70s called Used Cars is very funny. You like kind of like slapstick comedy, I guess, or kind of. No, I like meaner. Like, I, I didn't I didn't see Mall Cop, uh, but I love Observe and Report with Ray oh. Liotta. Like, that, that's a mean comedy. <laughs> I tend to like meaner comedies, um, but I do like okay. a good comedy. I have a question. A lot of people thought this was dark, but I thought it was comedy. Have you ever seen, um, oh, what's it called? It's with Jennifer Aniston and she, something girl, good girl. Is it a rom-com? No. Well, no, it's just, it's kind of dark humor, I guess. Hey, good it's girl. Oh, no, that's gone girl. Sorry. I was looking at the bed and fucking halfway. <laughs> yeah. No, Holly, I've never seen it. I don't even know if I've ever heard of it. I can't think of a Jennifer Aniston movie I've seen. Like I've, I've seen bits and pieces of some of her stuff, but I've never actually sat and watched the whole one. Okay. Well, you love it. Do you love it? 
saying it's my favorite comedy. I'm just saying a lot of people thought it was like really dark and like sad, but it, I thought it was funny. <laughs> All right. Well, now, hold on. Maybe it was a dark comedy or maybe you just really laugh at sad things. Either, either way. it's a... Everybody thought it was dark and sad. And <laughs> popcorn, laughing. Yeah, everyone's crying and she's in the back clapping and laughing. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> That's right. Hold on. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. What's it called? I don't know, man. I good like girl. Know a good, new girl. good girl. Okay. For the good girl, I don't know. Is it Would called? Yeah, it says top. drama. The good girl, Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Deborah Rush. Yeah, it is listed as kind of a drama and a comedy. So you're right. It is probably a darker comedy. I'm gonna say I'm not saying it's my favorite movie. I've only seen it once, and I I don't rewatch it. So I'm not I'm not sitting here saying go watch it. But I was just curious. Do you are you a laugh out loud person during a movie, or you just kind of nod and go that was funny? Uh it depends. Uh, some I've laughed out loud sometimes, but it depends on the movie. And if I'm already laughing, and then it keeps getting, then it will probably come out loud. I guess. Do you like horror movies? It depends. I'm more like I'm not really into like the ghosts and like this, you know, the spirits and stuff like that. But I'm like in the like Chainsaw Massacre where they like cut people up. Okay, I recommend this movie. Now, I don't know if you'd like it, but it, it, it terrified me. I can't even watch bits and pieces of it. Did you see Hereditary? Never saw. Oh, awful. Like, like a good, horrible, scary terrifying okay. movie yeah it really bothers me like on a visceral level so if you like horror movies i would recommend uh hereditary all right well i don't think i want to see it i like fun movies hey listen hey did you see hey dude, let me ask you Gra uh, grasso's upset over valentina I, I know you had to watch that yeah i did what'd you think you know it's one of those things like I fought Valentina, so of course if she ever lost i want to be the one to give her the loss right yeah, um yeah but I think that's just a natural way that a fighter would feel, right? Um, but honestly, I think that uh, Shevchenko just, um, she's one of those that's so technical that a lot of people saw her as being unbeaten. She's one of those that kind of, she definitely waits. She's more of a counter puncher. She waits for, you know, her opponents to make a mistake. Um, and I think Alexa just stuck with her focus and stayed on her. And she actually landed uh, some good shots in there as well. It wasn't just the finish, you know, it's not like, Alexa just got this like um, lucky kind of finish, you know. She, I feel like, I feel like Alexa could have won round one, and then Shevchenko two and three um, because she just did a little more control and took her down, stuff like that. She had her in the crucifix, which most people would have been finished, but Alexa got out. And um, you know, so I think it's. I'm happy for Alexa. I am. I think I definitely think it warrants a rematch. You know, from coming from Shevchenko, who's been, you know, so dominant for so long. Um, I almost feel like Shevchenko's game has almost been like above, above everyone else's for so long. And a lot of these other girls are are getting better. So it's getting, you know, kind of a more narrow um, kind of space there. Uh, I think that, you know, sometimes um, one person can kind of show that someone's not invincible. <laughs> and uh, that being said, I think Shevchenko is disciplined enough to come back and we'll see what happens in the rematch. You're right. It's she's looked so good and so tactical for so long. People, you, people do think, wow, she's just no one's going to beat her until she retires. And Amanda felt that way for a while. Uh, you know, Amanda felt like she was on this role and no one was going to stop her until somebody stopped her. And then she comes back and and wins again. So it'll be very interesting to see what Valentina does uh, in this next fight. I definitely think that Valentina has the 
you know, the skill level to be able to get it back, but I still don't put anything past Alexa. Alexa might be able to do it again. I think that that's, I figured this would be uh, Shevchenko's toughest. Um, I thought the toughest it just because I felt like Alexa didn't, uh, I felt like she didn't let, you know, let it get to her head. I think she came in pretty focused and, you know, didn't let all the hype get to her. And uh, I think that's why she wound up walking away with this victory. Um, but with that being said, I mean, Shevchenko has been a, a champion for so long for a reason. So I, I can see her still being able to come back and, and retain her belt as well. It shakes things up too. It makes things exciting. Yeah. You know? And you're looking at that and you're like, yo, I am so in the mix. Cause I'll, you, you, you match up well with pretty much everybody. You're very well-rounded. You know what I mean? You're like, you, you, you seem ageless. It's not like you're getting slow. You got that footwork, you can move around forever. I mean, where am I going with this? But no, no. Oh, so when you see it change hands like this, you get excited like, yo, I, I could take her. Like, I don't know yeah. like that. But yes, I mean, you have to feel like that. I feel that with everyone that, that I watch, actually. I know that I'm capable and I know I've have evolved as a mixed martial artist you know when I started for my first fights it was like oof I hope I don't go to the ground at all and all I worked on was get-ups you know but yeah. I didn't come to MMA to just box in a cage I came to MMA to I wanted to learn all the other things too I wanted to be able to get takedowns I wanted to learn the ground game I wanted to learn submissions I want to you know learn the clinch I want to learn wrestling um so I do think that I have evolved a lot and um I think a lot of the fighters have though. You see them, some of these fighters have been sticking around and you see there, there's some that are, they're still, you know, ranked that were when I first started, but a lot of them have kind of circulated out. Some are retired. And um, so I don't know. I just, I take one fight at a time because at this level and in this organization, any fight can be the, the best fight. So I'm just, you know, your biggest opponent is only the one that's right in front of you. So um, but I do. I, I think that I'm capable of beating all these girls, honestly. And it's and it was, I was just going to say, Jimmy, because you said you came in, obviously, with your um, your boxing background and what you accomplished in there. And you're like, well, at first I was like, oh, I hope I just don't go to the ground. I got to work to get back up. And then you went on to get a huge upset, one of the biggest at the time, because you fought arguably one of the best female grapplers there is in Ronda Rousey. And she looked... Um, Unstoppable. Unstoppable you know, after, you know, now since then people have seen her lose to Amanda and, and people will maybe, you know, not look at her in the same light. But let's remember when you did that. You did that when they're talking about her shooting Roadhouse and doing this and beating up guys and just all this. You know what I mean? Like she was on a like that untouchable level. And then yeah. you, you went in there and that wasn't like it was just a lucky Hail Mary um a head kick that was just a beautifully um fought fight beautifully fought Thanks. fight it's kind of like a tongue to it but uh yep. you know what yeah. talk about a long way man afraid to be going to the floor to taking one of the best grapplers out what an accomplishment yeah it's and i'm still learning i still got still got more to show when it's all said and done like look you just signed six fights we see we're hanging out with you for a while which i like we get to watch you fight for a while but listen Six, seven, eight, nine, ten years from now, whenever you're done, what do you what do you think's gonna happen? You think you're gonna? I, I could see you staying around the sport, teaching. Do you? Would you ever want to be a instructor, or do you think you're just gonna walk away and say, you know, what, what are your plans for after if you have any? 
You know, I don't really have anything set, but I definitely would love to be involved with the sport. I mean, how do you, how do you be in this sport and then just walk away? You know, um, I'd love to be behind the mic. I'd love to be, um, I'd like to coach, but not have my own gym. Um, why not your own gym? I see how much our coaches go through. Uh, -uh. there's so much and all these fighters come in. They got nothing to pay, nothing to offer until you put all the time into them. And then they start, you know, once they make it, it's like you, there's a small window to even really capitalize on it. And then you're gone on the weekends and, you know, late nights, early morning. They do a lot. They do a lot. And I, I, um, I would love to be involved, but I, I don't think I would start my own gym. I would just be involved with the gym that I'm already in and just kind of, you know, yeah. Be a coach and you just, you don't want your whole life to be poured into it. Oh man. I don't know. Sometimes I don't think people realize how much coaches go through. <laughs> it's a lot. A good coach. I'll say that a good coach. Well, then because people see them coaching champions or the main event fighters, or they forget that like, you know, you still have to travel to, to, to coach somebody on the undercard, even when you don't have anybody on the main card fighting Uh second fight up on the prelims, you still have to be there. You still have to travel. There is a lot that goes into it that uh, you're right. People yeah. just don't think about. Yeah, it's a lot. And then there's fights that go over and then sometimes they get canceled and they got to fly back home. There's weight cuts. They got to go to, they're just every fight week's pretty much the same. You know, it's um, and it's exciting to be part of it and, and to be there and, and to be part of a victory that they help coach you to and things like that. But um, I don't think a lot of people see you know, I've been with the same coach since I was amateur. I mean, he was driving his own car with his own gas going up to, you know, amateur fights. So that's putting money out, not yeah. making money, putting money out. A lot of people don't see those. And no, he's not doing that anymore because of, you know, where the whole gym is at at this point. But um, there's a lot of time and a lot of sacrifice from, you know, to build a fighter up, to become a champion. So, um, I mean, it's always easy to work with a fighter that's already knowledgeable. You know, it's, it's easy to work with a well, well oiled machine, but to help create champions from, from the ground up is really hard. So, um, you know, it's just, it's a lot of dedication. Do you think you'd be a good coach? Is it, are you patient enough or what do you think is a quality you need to be a, a really successful coach? Besides, I mean, besides obviously knowing, knowing the fighting game. I think, I think I'd be a good coach. Um, I, I think I've got, I understand the emotions of it. Um, I understand the pressure of it. I understand the hard training of it. So I think that I could relate a lot of that. I've learned a lot from my experience and I think that I could pass on what I've learned. Um, I think I mean, the type of coach I'd be, I'd, I'd probably be kind of a no bullshit coach because that's, that's how, how my head coaches. And I think that's been good for me. I don't want someone telling me I'm doing all right when I'm not, I don't want, I don't want to, yell. I want someone telling me what I'm doing that I, I could fix to be better. Cause that's the only way to actually, you know, be the best fighter you can be. Um, I'm, if I was fighting, yes, I'd want a, a good camaraderie, but I, I would be there with victory as my goal. That's funny. Oh, sorry. I said that's kind of what I was going to ask you is, is what what is something that you respond to or don't respond to that you, you like you, other your coach has to know your personality too. like even when I played sports as a kid, some guys respond very well to being yelled at and screamed at like I, I don't respond well to that at all. I, I hate it. And it shuts me down. Uh, what don't you respond well to? 
there's like a motivational, like voice raised, things like that. And I think that, you know, certain coaches have to have that, uh, like my wrestling coach, Israel Martinez, um, he, he can be very motivational in how he talks and it's not like he's necessarily kissing your ass, but he's also not, you know, uh, trying to break your spirit either. I think there's a, a fine line there. Um, I don't want a cheerleader that's right. constantly and you're doing great. I don't need a cheerleader, but I also don't want someone that's trying to break my spirit when I'm, when I'm in the middle of camp, you know? Um, I mean, there's the good old constructive criticism. That's always going to be good, but out of, you know, Hey, these are the things that I saw you, you know, these are some habits that you've had. You, you I saw you doing these again in, in training and it's like, it sucks to hear it, but it's like, I need to hear it or else I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to fix it. So, um, I I'm, I'm fine with the no bullshit as long as it's coming from a, a, a good place. You know, if it's just yelling, it's like, if you're just yelling, yelling, no, I don't like that. Yeah. Some guys respond to that too, which I've always been amazed mm -hmm. at. Some, I, I always find it embarrassing. Like I'd be so embarrassed if somebody was just yelling at me in front of everybody that I wouldn't be able to, to, to take their instructions. Only if you need I, it though, like with fucking Leon Edwards corner. Come yes. on, get your head out of your ass. No, they didn't say that, but they had the accent. They were yelling some shit. It was funny as hell. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. I love the accent with that. It was great. Yeah. I don't mind that at all. No. Um, especially in a fight. I think that makes a difference. Um, in practice, you know, you can have a little bit of that too. Maybe talk after stuff like that. But when you're in a fight and it matters at that moment and they need to kind of shake you and get your attention sometimes that's needed yeah that that to me is different too because that that's the going into a fifth round of a championship fight that you are clearly losing and clearly not fighting up to your potential like because leon edwards again maybe altitude but he's such a better fighter than he was for three of those rounds even though kamara was great so i think his coach was just doing anything to wake him up and snap him out of it and and it worked and again like yourself a, a beautiful head kick to uh to take the belt yeah, it's just sometimes you need that. I remember one fight, um, one of our teammates, this was a long time ago, but he was just, it was like he was sparring in there. He wasn't really like fighting. He wasn't putting it on there. My coach got so mad, Mike Winklejohn. And he goes, you aren't even working hard enough for water. I'm not even going to give you any in between the rounds. So he didn't even give him any water. He's like, you can't even be thirsty. You're not even working. Go out there and, and I think he either kind of slapped him, whatever. And then, and then he went out and then knocked him out with the next punch. <laughs> it's like, You're thirsty. <laughs> you know, so, it, you know, sometimes, sometimes you do, and, and each fighter is different and your team should know you. So, um, the last thing I want though, is if I'm losing for my team to be telling me I'm doing all right. Right. That's not that frustrates the hell out of me when I, I see order and it's, it's obvious the fight is losing and they're like, all right, just do a little, I, this. it's like, yo, no more of that. Now that's, no. what you need a drill sergeant. You don't need a cheerleader. You need somebody saying, dude, you're this, you're blowing it. You got five minutes left. Like yeah. I hate get adamant about how important it is to win that last five minutes or make something happen or you're, yeah. or you're just done. They just don't, it's like, what are you doing, man? Like you're not yeah. stressing that this dude is behind. I, I can never understand that. Yeah, it doesn't it have to be like crazy. Like you need this round. You gotta okay. win this. This is simple. Yeah. I like when a, I, I, you'll see them once in a while. And again, they have different methods of delivering it. It's like, hey, look, they might have given him that round. So it might be 1 1 right now. Like, but they're basically telling him, look, saying we, he might have that round is the same as saying you lost that round. You can't count on having that one under your, under yeah. your belt. So you have to go out and win because it doesn't serve the fighter to lie. For sure. Have, have you had times too? Like, I'm always, 
interested in people's mental state when they go in and, and and fighters have always said that they've had moments where they were disconnected have you had that in a fight where your mind just went where it shouldn't have been or you weren't as as focused and how do you get it back it's hard sometimes you're sitting there telling yourself to throw punches and you're just not and you hit a wall and it's just you know your mind's just not in in touch with your body and and then there's times where everything flows and you're just you're seeing things like it's in slow motion you know and you can like pick pick you feel like you're in the matrix sometimes things are just on and, and sometimes your mind is it's just all over the place and I do think that it's really hard to snap out of it sometimes and you got to be able to let go of round one and not let oh my gosh round one I lost round one or you know you need to be able to be in the moment each round and that, that's very hard to do sometimes have you ever I, I always wonder when somebody like I thought of this with Adesanya and 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 Pajeda like when when a guy is beating you twice and then he's doing something to you the third time is there that part of you just from human nature that goes fuck i can't beat the, or, or or fuck it's happening have you had that at all where it was somebody you had a doubt about or you didn't have confidence with and they they won around or they had a moment where it kind of shook your confidence um i think sometimes i mean i always feel like if i'm if i get in there i always feel well, i i think i can win because otherwise if i don't think i can win then i'm not going to win because I'm the one who has to do it. So I always walk in with that mentality, like, yeah, I'm going to win. But there are times that you'll be in the fight and you have this plan and they say they're countering your plan and you're like, shit, I just can't get to them. And, and then I start to feel like, man, I'm going to run out of time before I actually like get their timing or actually, you know, get on them. I feel like I'm going to run out of time. And so sometimes then you can feel pressure and that doesn't make you perform any better thinking like that. You just need to be, I mean, minute by minute, second by second it a lot of times you can even have a, a good start to the round and people forget about that by the time you know minutes four and five come around so you can't you can't get too comfortable at any moment holly let me ask you really quick um i we i know about your your boxing background did you do kickboxing also or no so my whole career was i had nine amateur fights and they were all kickboxing and then i i, I think one or two of them were were demo and um, I guess after that, um, I, my first pro fight was my first boxing fight. That, so boxing I, my uh, like 38 boxing matches. This, this is what I'm talking about. So wait, oh, so you had kickboxing before you did boxing? Uh-huh. So I, my, oh. uh, all my kickboxing and i only had three kickboxing pro fights so i just couldn't find any any fights in kickboxing so we just couldn't get any girls to take the fights and uh then my co lenny is my manager now. he's a promoter and he was having well we got a fight for you but it's going to be boxing and it's going to be pro and i thought well i never fought boxing before and it was my first pro fight but I just went for it. Actually, when I did kickboxing, I used to kick more than I punched. My boxing actually was really not that good. And then boxing just was open and I grew a, a love for it. And so my boxing career kind of took off. I did have three pro kickboxing fights in there. But when I started MMA, I definitely was not new to kickboxing. Kickboxing, like even in between my boxing fights, because I trained out of Jackson Wink the whole time. So yeah. My boxing fights i would spar kickboxing for fun until my next fight was scheduled which i fought four times a year yeah. so i didn't have a lot of times that i got to kickbox but it was still there and i thought 
I, when I came to MMA, I thought, I want these girls to worry about my boxing because I'm going to kick them, you know? And then that sure. happened. I'm going to make them worry about my wrestling now, or I'm going to make them worry about, you know, I, I just, I want to have a well-rounded um, game for sure. That philosophy got you a championship. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Holly, thank you so much. Yana uh, uh, Santos, uh, formerly uh, Kunitskaya, this co-main event this uh, Saturday night in San Antonio. It's a, it's a great card. And, um, you know, congrats on the, on the six-fight deal. That's, that's fantastic. And I'm glad you'll, you'll be around for uh, quite a few years ahead. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you all yeah. for your Yeah, great talking to you. Have a great fight. Take care, Holly. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, and our next guest, uh, the time went with her went very quickly. I, I, feel, I felt like we were talking to her for 10 minutes. We were at least a half hour, maybe more. Yeah, Jimmy, we like to, we like to talk. Chase Demore um, is our, oh. our guest, and he's here. He's a social media influencer, and he also, you know, he had some fights. Yes. And he looks like he trains. I mean, when you look at him, I mean, he's in uh, like a fighter's type shape, yeah. Jimmy, didn't you try out for that show Too Hot to Handle? I did, yes. Who was on that? No, but they, they no, no, no. They, they, I was too fat to fuck. That was the show that I uh, tried out for. You're not, Jimmy. You're not too fat. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. I'd side blubber. Yeah. I was very unhappy with myself. Chase the more, man. Influencer, boxer. Is that one thing, influencer, boxer, or is it influencer and boxer? I'm guessing once you've done like a reality show called Too Hot to Handle, reality show people tend to have a life where they can go out and do a few different things. Or you're always up for possibly doing another show or something that sparks with somebody from that show and you get a spinoff, you know, there's, there's always a possibility. And you wonder if he's going to pursue uh, influencer boxing circles, what he's kind of, uh, he's, uh, he's a part of. Jason, are you driving? Because this might be dangerous. I'm not driving. I'm parked. I'm not uh, outside my gym. Oh, what, now what is it? Your boxing gym? Yeah. Weightlifting. Boxing gym. Nice to meet you, Chase. Nice to meet you as well. You were a football player, correct? And then you got onto this reality show, Too Hot to Handle. Is that right? Yeah, man. So it was crazy. Just like posting content on TikTok. I did like a lot of like sports related content. And, you know, somebody at Netflix had found me. They're like, you got a good look. You got a good personality. Would you be interested in doing this new show that we can't tell you anything about? Um, they changed the name of it. It was called Parties in Paradise because uh, they obviously weren't going to tell us it was too hard to handle. And they're like, would you be interested in, you know, just trusting us, um, going through this process, getting you know, through all these meetings and stuff and, and take some photos of you in a bathing suit and, and see if we like you enough to put you on the show. <laughs> That's something Jimmy never heard in his life about. Now, Jimmy, imagine, would you right. think if something was up if uh, they wanted to take you out and put you in a bathing suit and put you on a show called Partying in Paradise? I would think 
that the show is about them hunting a human sacrifice and i was the person they were going to kill on the island i wouldn't oh, trust them yeah. now chase did you, you 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 put your trust in them by saying yes and signing the deal you did and was it what you wanted and, and were you like hey i'm glad i put my trust in these guys because they they were good yeah man like i've always played sports my whole life i never really watched reality shows let alone dating shows at that and so you know when they reached out initially i was very skeptical um you know i actually ignored them the first you know two times and they reached out a third time they're like you know this is our, our last ditch effort we really hope that you consider this uh i was like you know what what do i have to lose i hopped on a zoom with them and you know literally like 10 minutes later she calls me back she's like yeah um they already love you they want to send you up to you know my boss and and, you know, throughout the process, you meet with this next person, this next person. And, you know, I thought it was a joke the entire time. In fact, I was at a bar the night that they booked my flight to the point where, you know, they send the car to your house to pick you up to take you to the airport. I get a phone call. And she's like, you know, the chauffeur is at your house. And, uh, you know, they said nobody's home. And I was like, oh, that was for real. They're like, yeah, you have a flight in literally three hours to Turks and Kankos. Um, we need you ready to go like now. And so I literally left the bar, went through a bunch of, you know, shorts and swim trunks in my backpack, got in the Uber and got taken all the way straight to the airport. So you really, it, maybe that's why you were, you do well, because you, you didn't, it wasn't your whole life. It was just something that you're doing. You're like, all right, I'll do this. Uh, and maybe it comes off more genuine like that, where, where it's not something that you're obsessed with doing. Yeah, I think I think that's the big thing about it is they want like fresh faces and they want people that have never done TV before because they want you to be like your true authentic self. And I think that, you know, that's why I was so successful on like a lot of these dating shows I've done is because, you know, I have like, you know, the sports background and hard coaching and all this and that. And I have no idea about, you know, romance and, and these dating shows. So I just go on there and I just have, you know, like my guy humor or like my dry humor, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I go on these things to the point where, you know, I got on this airplane, I'm flying to this island. As soon as I get off the island, they, they seize my phone, my laptop, my watch. They blindfold me. They stick me in the back of a car. I'm sitting there thinking like, bro, like, the last person I listened to was Ed Sheeran. Like I'm getting abducted and, and the last yeah. person I heard was Ed Sheeran is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like a cartel kidnapping. As soon as you get off, they grab you. Um, and what position did you play in football? I was a defensive end, you know, and I was playing in the USFL last year. Uh, you know, I've been, I'm still uh, you know, a free agent right now. I've been talking with some teams trying to get back in one of these leagues, but you know, I've, my whole life just playing defensive end. Do you like uh, boxing more or do you like football more? Sorry, man. I know you're in this question. Oh, uh, you know, I would say, you know, like football is definitely a team sport. I love football. I think that, you know, I got a lot out of football, but, you know, I played football for 20 years, you know what I mean? So I think, uh, you know, switching professions, going into boxing, boxing is like a different thrill, man. Like I've never been uh, overwhelmed with so many different emotions at, at one point than, than in any combat sport, you know? And I think that, uh, you know, boxing was, was one of those things that kind of landed on my plate. I was very fortunate. I was just, you know, sitting at a, a restaurant one day with my friends in San Diego. I get a call saying like, Hey, do you want to fight on, on pay-per-view next month? And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't know anything about throwing a punch. I don't know anything about defense, but you know what? I know a lot about entertaining people on TV. So, uh, sign me up. That's wild though. You never did any boxing training. When you did not that. a single bit the only the only combat like anything i've ever done is like i did one year of high school wrestling I, you know i was i was just out of mayweather boxing gym you know hitting the bag you know learning how to throw a punch and so then how, you had a, i'm sorry jimmy you yeah. had a fight a month from that yeah so basically i got hit up you know june 28th they're like hey would you be willing to fight Le'Veon bell uh you know july 30th i said yeah they're like okay well we also need you to drop 40 pounds i was like done <laughs> Now, how did that fight 
go and how I didn't see that fight. I saw, I, I believe, your second fight versus Southpaw. Okay. So, yeah, how did so, that so the first fight, uh, you know, it was my first fight ever. Um, yes. So, Le'Veon Bell actually got a new opponent and they paired me with a guy that's also never boxed named Corey Warren. He's another TV guy. And, uh, you know, I trained for him. The fight got postponed a little bit. So I got a couple more weeks of fight camp. Um, so I learned how to, like, box a little bit better. And, uh, you know, we fought, you know, I think it was like three two-minute rounds, something super quick. And so I went in there. I was a lot bigger than him. I had better reach on him. So I kind of essentially went in there and just beat him up a bit. And uh, I was like, you know what? I might be him in, in, in sports. <laughs> you know, I thought I was that guy. And, and so I get a phone call. And they're like, hey, do you want to fight again next month against – you know, this guy that nobody wants to fight who has, like, this extensive fight background. I was like, heck, yeah, sign me up. Like, you know what? Like, I beat up my first guy. This guy has, you know, 19 years of fight experience. Sign me up for my second fight. And, and that's how the southpaw, you know, Josh Bruckner landed. You know, what's interesting is, I, I like, the thing with that, the dating show, they're like, just trust us. And you're like, all right, hey, you want to fight? Sure. It, this confidence, this ability to take chances. Uh, there's a real risk-taking mentality there. Like, you're just willing to, to see if it happens. And if you look bad, you look bad. Where does that come from? Uh, is that something you've always had? Or did you develop that through playing football or your family? Yeah, you know, my dad was big on, you know, you never, like, he used to tell me all the time, you know, you ever see a good fight, you get in it. And he means that in life, he means that in general. He'd say, you know, like, you don't ever run, you don't retreat from anything. And, like, I've always been somebody that likes to compete. Um, you know, I like to challenge myself. And I think that, uh, you know, confidence is the prerequisite to success. You know, I listen to, you know, I grew up in the in the generation of the Legion of Boom, you know, Richard Sherman and, and all those guys used to talk about, you know, you just got to be confident and believe in yourself before you can get other people to believe in you. And I think that, um, you know, having an athletic background, um, it makes me want to just work harder at other things. And I think that, you know, nobody wants to step in a boxing ring. Nobody, nobody ever wants to like, you know, try themselves on that aspect. So for me, I'm like, you know, at the end of this thing, it's going to be a hell of a story to tell. Uh, you know, I think, you know, regardless of whatever the trial, the challenge is, you know, just being there, experiencing it and have something to tell, you know, when I'm, you know, 20, 30 years older, uh, you know, like I had the stones to do that. It's, it's always been my mindset. Now you're still a young guy at 26. Did you ever think of uh, trying your hand at some MMA? I mean, you yes. do have a, a, a slight wrestling background. You were tackling people on a football field. Why not tackle somebody in a cage? Yeah, Greg Hardy did pretty well as as heavyweight. Oh yeah, you know what? It's funny. So uh, I'm at, so I actually turned 26 in June this year. So uh, you know, I, I am I'm getting starting to get up there now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> For me, you know, I did I did one year of high school wrestling. The only reason I did high school wrestling was or I only did one year of it was because I took it all the way. You know, I, I won first at regionals, first at districts, I got a state medal. I did everything in that sport and I was like, you know what, this is this was easy. Went back to basketball, was doing that my thing there. And um, you know, earlier this year I told myself, you know, with the announcement of the Pro Fighters League and all that, um, other stuff with MMA, like, you know, if they if they do like some sort of celebrity MMA or or uh, you know, anything like that, I would definitely do it. You know, I think MMA is super cool. I don't have like, you know, an extensive, you know, martial arts background, but you know, my dad, my grandfather, they were black belts in Taekwondo. Um, you know, it's something I kind of grew up around, you know, wrestling background. And then now, you know, with striking with boxing, it's definitely something that, you know, if I got the opportunity to do it a hundred percent, I would do it. Are you a fan? Do you watch MMA? Oh man, I'm, I was, I, I watched it before boxing. You know, I grew up in the, in the Conor McGregor, uh, you know, I saw you know Chuck Liddell back in the day. Uh, you know, actually, a funny story is my boxing match that I'm having next month. I was actually meant to box Tito Ortiz. Wow, that's Tito a, Ortiz, that's a big target. That's awesome. Now, what happened with that? 
Uh, you know, something, you know, speaking with Misfits Boxing, you know, I had signed the contract. I said, I'm good to go. Uh, I was on board with it. You know, before they even said, are you sure you want to do this? I, you know, 100% I was in to fight Tito Ortiz. And, uh, you know, he agreed to it. We were meant to fight. And then something happened where he ended up having to back out of the fight. And so I got I got placed with this other guy. But, you know, I, I was 100% on board. I don't know what happened on his end. But, you know, I was ready to go beat up on a, a UFC Hall of Famer. Didn't he just fight? Didn't he just fight Anderson Silva and lose a boxing match to to, to Anderson? Yeah, it's forty five seconds. <laughs> but Tito is a tough guy, though. I mean, uh, you know, Tito fought uh, into his forties. Uh, you know, Tito is a very, very uh, tough dude. It, it, even though his he's not a pure boxer, I, I think that'd be an interesting challenge if you can beat him. Um, because he's he's not a, he's not an easy guy to beat. He can take a punch. I mean, Anderson is also he's Anderson Silva. He's not you know he's a veteran. I think right. Tito is old enough to be Chase's daddy, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely <laughs> is. My mom, my mom is forty six. Tito's, uh, Tito's forty eight. You know, I was looking at all these factors. You know, I got, I got an eighty four inch reach. Uh, you know, I could condition myself, wow. and I would hide behind, hide the jab behind him because you know Tito's a wrestling guy. He's a grappling guy. You know, yes, he can take a punch, but you know that you know in a short boxing match, it's, it's the art of hit and not getting hit. So you know, I just touch him up a couple times, dance around him, and. You know, if I get a win against, you know, UFC Hall of Famer like Tito Ortiz, you know, mad respect to him, but, you know, not yeah. a lot of guys can say they beat up Tito Ortiz. So, what, yeah, 84-inch reach, by the way, that's John, I think John Jones, 84.5, I think, that's like a John Jones level uh, reach. That's massive. Yeah, man, I'm 6'5", you know, like 240, I'm like 4% body fat. You know, I got, I got you know, a very good athletic build. I'm very thankful for it. I think that's why I get away with, like, a lot of the things that I do. Um, you know, my second boxing match, it's not my my most proud moment, only just because uh, a lot of you people who do combat sports can understand that, you know, uh, finding your conditioning level, your pace to fight in fights uh, is very important, you know, no matter how athletic you are. And I think that, you know, for me, I went out there and I gassed myself out like really early when I when I should have paced myself a little bit more. So, I mean, that's something, you know, this last fight camp, I've really, really been, you know, focused and dialed in on, and you know, the technique and and how to pace myself in these fights. Well, Chase, are you promoting anything? To we want to make sure we promote what you called in to promote. Is there anything besides your uh, your social media, which I mean, you certainly don't need our help. It, it's uh, Chase Demore. It's D E M O O R on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. But is there any project in particular that you were pushing today? Yeah, I'm just I'm pushing. Uh, you know, Misfits zero zero six. You were fighting in Louisiana next month, April twenty first. It's a big card. Uh, the headline for that is JMX versus Le'Veon Bell. I'm one of the undercards on that. So it's going to be my third boxing match. Uh, you know, I hope to see, you know, a lot of people there. I hope to have like a lot of support. It's something I've been pushing really hard for. So, And you eventually be fighting Tito Ortiz. So it'll be interesting to see how this works out. Um, if you, so if you want to see Chase before he fights Tito, then at least maybe you'll, uh, you know, you get an idea of uh, which way to bet. You know what I mean? If you want to watch yeah. this to get an idea of which way to gamble on that fight. Thanks for coming on, man. It was, I'm glad you fixed the connection because now it was perfectly clear. It was good to talk to you. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. Big fans. Awesome. Right, anytime, man. We'll talk to you again. Nice to meet yeah, you. Thanks Chase. so much. Okay, bye. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Yeah, That's Matt, you, you want, he's a nice, very nice dude. And, and you wonder, what is it like to go through life? 6'5", 240, 4% body fat, 84. Like, what is that like? Obviously, he's worked for it. You're an athlete that you don't just wake up like that. You have to keep yourself in shape. But what is life like when, you, when you're built like that? Oh, dude, he's got stuff thrown at him. Stuff that people like, certain people. I'll bet and you he, girls would but, like him more than me. Yeah, and me, Jimmy. Unless they got to know my personality because I'm so affable. <laughs> yes, Listen, you are. <laughs> I'm fucking around. Jimmy, uh, you know what? I, 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 I don't mind being a five, six gentleman, even though women, I mean, listen, I have a beautiful wife, but I'm saying like if I sure. was, because the only thing I don't like about my night is crowds. I don't like being at a club or a bar. Yeah. And yeah, and you're in a crowd, and you're like, I got a panic. Can't People's penis is bumping into your ear. Well, yeah. now you're just being rude <laughs> because that's not that was not designed to be. I apologize. Yes. Okay, I'm over it. But my thing is, it's not good in crowds. No, not at all. Sure. You know, but from the waist down, your mind. Uh, get you right down. Listen, Jimmy. Uh, don't stop me now. What else do we got? That's it. I mean. <laughs> Fuck, it went fast. I, it went very fast. Two great, uh, great interview subjects. Thank you to uh, Holly Holm. And uh, and thank you, of course, to Chase Demore. Let's plug the fights this Saturday, Matt, in San Antonio. I don't know if it's sold out if you're down there. Um, Holly against uh, uh, Yana Santos, formerly Yana Kuniskaya. Uh, number three against number six, uh, which is a, a great, great fight. And, of course, the main event is uh, San Hagen against vera and that is a great fight um and it starts hold on let me just get the start time buddy um it's gonna start march uh 25th it starts at four o'clock are the prelims main card starts at seven o'clock so don't get all fucked up and tune in very late and let's plug our social media we want you to send us questions ufc unfiltered twitter instagram and matt and i will answer your questions to the best of our ability um we will see. Hopefully. Matt Sarah BJJ on Instagram. Is that what you were saying? You're, you're plugging our Instagrams? I know. I mean, for the for the show for UFC oh, Unfiltered. But I Matt did. Sarah BJJ, if you want to go and work Don't out jujitsu. Don't ask me. And ask if you're in the city tonight, uh, performing at the Fat Black Pussycat, that usually sells out. So if you want to come by and see me do an hour of material, feel free. And uh, I'm heading to New Jersey May 19th, May 20th for the Wellmont Theater. And Matt, maybe you can come for that one since you missed the other one. Excuse me, I didn't hit the cough button. Jimmy. Yes, buddy. I realize, yeah, I'm going to try to make that. Um, yeah, I'll send you a limo. Well, I'll definitely make Yeah, please, I will. Okay. I uh, Jimmy, I noticed we get, we're get we going to close the show, and I, I figure I'll sing us out because I have not sung the whole episode, and I know you get a little cranky when you don't hear my voice. So I do. I, I was thinking about last week when I was um, cornering Marab. Yep. And I'll just I'll just sing this out. Hang up when you want. All right. No, nah, hold on a second. I am actually not going to uh Oh a plug you switch yeah. No, I'm not gonna sign out. Go ahead. Oh, okay. About Marab and his fight, ready? Oh, what a fight. Mid-March back in 23. Longo John Wood, Aljo and me. Anyway, listen, what a great fight. Um, I just wanted to touch. Oh, somebody went in and, and, and messed around with my uh, with my name. That's not appropriate. I, I don't like that they.
Your name is not Boo, you stink. <laughs> it's Jimmy. I might, Jimmy, if I fucking pass out, Jimmy, <laughs> no singing next show, okay? All right, buddy. I'll talk to you Monday. I love you. All right, I love you, Bye. Pat. You got me, Jimmy. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.